This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Mike Gensel's seen a lot in his hockey life. And this week, you see the Gophers playing the Frozen Four, Minnesota State Mankato. And the last time the Gophers won it, he was on the staff. Excel uh, Energy Center, they won it. Then the next year with Thomas Vanek. And uh, he scouts for the NHL. And, oh, yeah, he's got a son that plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins that scored a big goal against the, the Wild uh, last week as well. My, Mike, were you, were you at that game? Yes, I was, Mike. That was a lot of fun. Do you get nervous still after, you know, he's done so much, he's been a part of it for so long. Do you get nervous watching him? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you're always a little uptight and uh, animated during the game. I mean, you certainly, when you come back into this environment here and the way it's going up the X with the wild, uh, you know, the big crowd and everything. And, you know, it was just kind of neat to see a lot of people walking outside with his jersey on before the game. But it was, you know, you certainly uh, hope he plays well and that's where the anxiety kind of lays is that you just want to do well and, you know, obviously, uh, scoring a goal was uh, icing on the cake. What's it feel like when he gets one? When you know, all of a sudden, you go, "Oh my!" Uh, play develops, and you realize it was him. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I mean, I go to so many games now, and I sit in the press box, and I watch a lot of good players. And you know, then when you, you just kind of always compare. Like, I mean, geez, I can't believe Jake's doing this, or I can't believe he's playing in this environment, mm. and then he scores in that game like that, and. You know, I've seen the Wild play a lot of good home games this year, a lot of good players coming and going, and um, just to be able to see him score against a quality team like that, uh, you know, we were sitting in the uh, second deck there, there in the sweet level, and it was really kind of neat. I mean, Jake had a group there, so it was fun, and, you know, everybody was really excited, and I knew he would play hard and play well. He just never expected to, to go that well, but the last couple times he's been here, he's been able to score, and hopefully uh, in the future he can come back in here and kind of do the same thing. Okay, you know, I hear how popular he is in, in- Pittsburgh uh, uh, with the fans and a, a fan favorite, which is a surprise to no one, I don't think. But but w- w- what does that feel like when you're in Pittsburgh and you're just a fly on the wall and, and, and you know, people don't know you're his parent? You know, you, I don't think you're ever going to get used to it. Like I said, I mean, just seeing the amount of people that walk in with jerseys here in the Twin Cities, uh, let alone when you go to Pittsburgh. I mean, you're always going to see 87, 71, and 58. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, 59 is right in there with, you know, the popularity of the jerseys. You know, it's just something you never really expect. I mean, I still can't believe he played a game in the NHL, let alone had some of the success he's had. So, you know, you try to, you know, keep him grounded. I know he's a humble guy, but, uh, you know, it's uh, certainly him for it. Uh, he's excited. And what you just amazes me every time I go out to Pittsburgh to see the, the amount of support that he gets and the enthusiasm he generates at a game. Mike Gensel, you are a scout in the NHL. Tell me about the Minnesota Wild when you watch them play. What do you see? Well, I mean, listen, you could talk about the new terms in hockey. I mean, obviously, they're a big, strong team, but they're really a heavy team. I mean, they just grind and 
battle and you know that one line with 14 17 and 18 set the tone for them and you know they just push the puck down below the hash marks and they get after defensemen and you know they score a lot of greasy garbage goals and on the net just with a second and third efforts and you know they're a hard team to play against they have a really good decor that's physical and they can move and you know they're getting quality goaltending now i think you know obviously flurry's you know made the other guy level bring his level up and they're pushing each other so you know you look at it i mean i, I said to my wife the other day i mean we were able to get two points that night and now i'm going to be a huge wild fan on the weekend as they go to carolina and washington and lo and behold they sweep four points against teams that pittsburgh's battling for with uh, positions in their in their division so um they're a great team. I mean, they what is their record here? The last fifteen games is pretty darn remarkable. Yeah. They've made some good changes to their team, and they're just you know what they're a quality team. And, and Kaprizov is just at a different level, and he's elevated Zuccarello. And you know, I always maybe say that you know certain people. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that get you out of your seat, even when you're a scout at a game. But when uh, 97 picks up the puck, you'd start to rise and think something really good's going to happen any moment, and it usually does. Is, is the fact that he's so strong and his his lower body does that make him a nightmare to play against because you you can't just take him out of his game because he's more than willing to muck it up yeah he's got great balance great edge control um he's a powerful guy i mean he's got a low center gravity and I mean, last night there was a perfect sample behind the net. He just took contact. Uh, the contact doesn't bother him. Matter of fact, it, it kind of opens up space for him. And then he has such great vision that anybody in the offensive zone on his team is dangerous at any moment because he just makes highlight plays. And, you know, he's a dual threat. He can score and he can beat you with a pass. So, I mean, you have to be on your toes at all time. And, you know, when he and Zuccarello get it going, boy, that puck isn't on each other's stick very long. And it's on the other guy's stick in a heartbeat. And you do something good really happens off the, off of that so um he's a special player there's no doubt about it and just a blend of skill and, and power and, and just you know he's got speed so he's got a lot of the qualities you like in a player like that mike gensel is our guest uh nhl scout right now uh for arizona so he sees a lot of these uh different teams and players etc but mark andre fleury you're also connected to because there's billy garen and the pittsburgh connection of course so you're very familiar with his game uh, what did you think when they acquired him and what have you seen well, listen, I mean, I, I read that he wasn't having a very good year in Chicago, but I mean, listen, Chicago wouldn't be anywhere near where they're at without Flurry, and that wasn't, you know, they weren't obviously a really strong team, but they wouldn't even have been close to the points they'd acquire without the level of play. I, I don't see much drop-off in his game, even though he's 37. I mean, he's got an ability, as the great players do, to level bring his level up, but he also elevates the players around him. I mean, just look at the comments that have come out of the locker room since he's been there, whether it's, you know, how excited they are or the awe of the, you know, having him on the team and, you know, how he's just, you know, is so, in his practice habits, his game habits. I mean, I watched him the other night after the, in the Pittsburgh game. I mean, almost everybody left on the ice after warm-up, and he's taking breakaways from Kaprizov and Zuccarello, which you never seen in an NHL game, and it's competition between the three of them. And, you know, that's what he does. He just elevates players. I mean, Jake was fortunate enough in 2017 to play with him. I mean, he got called into the, the first-round game five minutes before the start when the starter went down with an injury in a warm-up, and, you know, he won two-and-a-half series for the Penguins and put him in a position to go back to back and that's just the kind of level of competitor he is and um, he's just a special human and a, and a special goalie. So when you're scouting a player like that and you're trying to decide whether or not your organization should trade for him th- does the fact that he was willing to be waive the no trade clause even though he's made all the money he needs to make and all that stuff does that tell you a lot about him because that tells you you got somebody where winning's uh, more important than anything because he, he didn't have to take a trade he could have just stayed in Chicago. 
Yeah, and I think what it says about the Wild is he really looked at the Wild. I know he was there three, four days beforehand, sitting on the bench as a backup on a Saturday afternoon, but took a look around from what I read and saw and, and said, you know what, this team, this environment, uh, you know, this is what a Stanley Cup contender looks like. And, and obviously Bill did a good job of, you know, being a former teammate of his and an executive of his, of selling him on the opportunity with the Wild. But I, I don't think he comes unless he legitimately thinks the Wild have a chance to, to do well in the Western Conference and advance past that. So I think he looked at the opportunity and said, this is probably something I can't pass up at this point in my career as another chance to, you know, put another ring on my finger potentially. Michael, you've watched a lot of playoff hockey, too, the last uh, several years with your son participating and always with an eye of a scout as well. How, how does it change once you get to the playoffs? What's, what's the biggest change from regular season to playoffs? Well, I think, you know, there's, you know, first of all, every inch of the ice is more competitive. It's competed harder for than any point in the regular season. I mean, certainly uh, guys know what's at stake. There's a lot of guys that want to have a chance to raise that cup over their head. So every loose puck battle is, you know, is, is ferociously competed for like, like nobody does in the, in the regular season. And you can't play like that for 82 games over six and a half, seven months. But in a two-month run, you know, that's what the cup means to a lot of players. And they just compete for every inch of ice and every puck and, you know, every free space in front of a net and, you know, every physical contact to try to battle in the war of attrition to wear somebody down over a potential seven-game series. So it's uh, it's a special sport and a special time, and you can see it even now with 10, 12 games to go with playoff positions on the line and these teams playing each other in their divisions, knowing that the potential matchups might be there in the first round, and, you know, they're trying to set the tone right now. I know the Penguins have a game on Thursday night in New York, and, you know, that's a potential first-round matchup, but yep. it's the last game before they potentially meet, and you're going to, you know, you might want to send some messages and, and certainly establish, you know, your confidence and your belief that your game is better than their game, and you know what way better to do it than do it with ten games to go, and then fine tune coming into the playoffs. When uh, when I watch that trade deadline, I start to see people get moved. I always think this. I think, how do you know as an organization when it's time to move someone? Is there a certain age you feel like when 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 guys get to a point where you go? Yeah, it ain't going to happen, or you categorically say, you know what, they're just going to be a third liner. Is there an age where you say, hey, if they ain't there yet, they ain't going to get there? Well, I, you know, a lot of it being in the room now, like I have the last couple of years, Mike, I mean, every team is different. I mean, they're at different levels. You certainly have teams. Like, uh, I look at teams in my region. I mean, there's there's teams that are rebuilding. There's teams that are legitimate uh, contenders. And there's teams that are have Stanley Cup aspirations. So there's maybe three or four different levels. And if you're the Stanley Cup contenders, you're going to add pieces that, you know, either create depth in your lineup or, or fill up, you know, maybe a face-off specialist or a penalty kill type of specialist situation. I don't think you're going to acquire a lot of top two line players, but you're going to fill out the depth of your lineup. If you're a rebuilding team, I mean, you might move some assets to look to the future and get some amateur picks uh, uh, or a young prospect that just hasn't had the opportunity on a, on a contender because you just, you know, they're built to win now type of deal. And so it's, it's different for everybody, but I, I do think there's an age level where, you know, you have to balance between the level of experience of a 37 year old who's won three Stanley Cups or a guy maybe who's, you know, in his, in his early 30s, it might be on the decline at some point, and, you know, you might sell high uh, as opposed to getting stuck a year or two from later and the value is not quite there. So there, there's a few things that go into it. Michael, you, the, the Gophers are in the Frozen Four. They'll play Minnesota State Mankato, Michigan sitting out there, DU. Uh, what's it been, 20 years since the Gophers, when you won it at the X? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was, 
you know what? We're having a reunion again this summer, and yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long time. Oh two, oh three. I mean, it's just crazy how fast oh, it goes. I don't, it, I don't even. Yeah, but because it, it doesn't just, seem like that long ago. But what do you remember? What, what, you know, obviously the Gophers have had a lot of good teams. Lots of teams do. Uh, what's the difference between winning it and losing it when you get to the Frozen Four when everybody seems like they're so close? Yeah, you know what? It's in, it's interesting. Something years you think you're built to win it. I know that we won it back to back, and we actually thought the next year when guys came back with Nate Schmidt and Bukes did and some of these guys that we were going to have the, a better team. And you know, um, it just didn't work out. I mean, whether it's a bounce or whether it's you know maybe that little extra edge that you know you've already got to the mountain as opposed to keep climbing to get to the top to see what's at the top. I mean, there's a lot of little factors involved. I mean, I watched a few minutes of the regionals, and uh, you could certainly see that everybody is very close um you know michigan obviously looks like they have a little more skill i think the gophers are in that category but teams defend hard they all have good goaltending i, I think the coaching nowadays is is a little bit more equal across the board just for your experience and you know the way the game is being played and, and then some of it's the way the game is being officiated too like if you have a good power play and all of a sudden you get one or two extra opportunities things work out but it ought to be interesting i mean it's kind of neat that two minnesota schools will go at it and then you know two teams like denver and michigan will play and you know certainly it's going to be a really contested uh, frozen four i think you know probably for right at this point four teams that are playing really well that are there and not just because they won the regional but i think they've had good years and they've trended well here the last month and a half which you normally have to do i don't think you just all of a sudden rise up and play you know two good games and win the whole thing you got to have a pretty good team top to bottom and and, and do it over a course of time is Dryden McKay's got like 30 shutouts or whatever in his career from Minnesota State Mankato, their goalie. And I was, I was asking somebody, I don't remember who, if he's uh, you know NHL prospect, and they said, ah, he might be too short. Why Why are we so hell-bent right now on a goalie have to be, it's almost like basketball. If you're not 6'2", forget it. Yeah, it's a great question, Mike, and it does happen. I mean, certainly I am a father of a son who's under six feet, and people say he's too small, too slow, too this, too weak, you know, whatever it may be. The goaltending thing, I mean, there's a lot of old-school mindset that you have to be the cookie-cutter size of six one to six three, and, you know, six feet is too small and six five is too big. I mean, but I, I do think the game, unfortunately, is going back to, you know, bigger, stronger guys. You hear, I mean, a lot of people talking about having big, strong, heavy players nowadays, and um, you know, just because it makes it so difficult to get to the net and protect your net. And so it, it's frustrating. I mean, a kid like that has proved himself with a good coaching staff, a good program, and uh, he's done it over a course of time. This isn't just a one-year blip. I mean, he's been really good for four years, and, um, and it's crazy that he's even back. Based on what he did in the three years, it's almost crazy that he's back for a fourth yeah. year. But, you know, people look at it and say, you know, maybe he doesn't have this quality or maybe he's a product of the environment. I don't know. I don't see as many college games, but... It is incredible that, you know, people in their own minds think that the net coverage of a guy who's six feet or under isn't what it needs to be, and the shooters are so good at the NHL level. But, you know, it's a fine line. I see guys that, you know, people say can't play in the NHL, and all of a sudden I turn on the game tonight or yesterday, and guys are playing in the NHL. I mean, it's about the opportunity, and it's about the belief that somebody has in you. And, uh, you know, certainly giving a a guy a chance to, to... to compete in a successful environment that's, you know, well-structured. So, I, you know, we traded for a kid from Mankato, and, 
you know, this Nathan Smith, and certainly, hopefully, he does well in the Frozen Four. But, you know, everybody's always worried about, you know, one thing or the other. And to me, you know, it comes down to the kid's character and his heart and, you know, certainly his hockey sense and being able to process the game because you can always be a little quicker if you're you're smarter. And, you know, that's uh, those are the important intangibles more so than, you know, what a guy looks like on the height and weight scale. Yeah, last question along those lines. As done in spring training, I was visiting with Rod Carew a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about, yeah, you're, you're an old baseball player too, Mike, the, the, you know, the tendency the same way. You know, you got to, if you're going to hit home runs, it's a lot easier to hit home runs if you're 6'3", 220 than it is if you're 5'10", 175. And Rod made an interesting point that I hadn't thought of. He, he was very concerned about that being the trend in baseball because he said every kid needs to dream that they can play. And if we start to tell them that, now in baseball too, the last bastion, the last you know, the last place where where you where you could be small and still be successful, maybe soccer too. If we start to tell them they've got to be bigger, you know, linebacker size to play, we're going to eliminate the dreams and and those kids that that learn how to play the game the right way and hit the ball the other way, and they're not they're going to quit playing baseball because they're going to say what what's the use? I'm not six three, I'm not six four, I can't even play second base this size. Um, that is a little bit. I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but there is a rippling effect across the board, isn't there? There's no question. I mean, and that's always the concern. I mean, you do get, you know, certain kids get frustrated. Maybe they drop out of it or give it up. And, you know, that that's hard to overcome at times. And I, that's what I hope doesn't happen. I mean, I love to see kids play multiple sports. And you see so much more now of kids just playing one sport and throwing everything in that one basket. And, you know, hopefully uh, they get an opportunity. But you can see that, you know, with what he's saying, that, you know, dreams are being crushed and opportunities are being taken away from guys. I mean, it's amazing. I do watch baseball even spring training games you know relentlessly because there's sports on tv and it's fun to watch for me personally but you know it's just like the difference now of seeing a shortstop or a second baseman compared to 15 years ago yeah. it's remarkable the size of these guys yeah and carlos Correa, you know you know, just the game in general, three infielders on one side and, yep. you know, guys not being able to hit the ball the other way and guys just having pull happy, you know, mindsets that, you know, it's home run or nothing. I mean, as a fan, actually, it makes it hard to watch the game, quite honestly, because I like to see runs. I like to see strategy. I like to see people moving runners around. I mean, my dad was a baseball coach and I was a bad boy for a long time and that's how I learned the game. And, you know, you you learn the, the fundamentals and the inside and the outs of the game. And um, it, to me, that that's kind of going away. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the size of the kids and, you know, the different types of things that are going on now with the training and everything that goes into it. It's just, it's different now and it's kind of frustrating because there is a lot of people. I mean, certainly in hockey, usually you see some of the smarter players and the quicker players are a little bit of the smaller players, but they've had to be, you know, they had to yeah. overcome some of the obstacles of size and, you know, some of the, you know, the, how the level is being, you know, developed and coached, but it is what it is, and you know. Hopefully, uh, you can still have some of the purity of just having smart players and athletic kids, and no matter what their size is, uh, still be able to accomplish good things. That's right. Marble Mallards would bunt them over, and then they let Jim Stoll knock it in, even late in his career. So it was a different. Well, absolutely, yeah. and then he'd go out and pitch the ninth inning. Yeah, and, and he just passed away a couple of weeks ago too. One of the yeah, I know. Greats. My dad yeah. talks about him. Yeah, it's kind of sad, you know. I mean, he just see guys like that. I remember playing for him one day and I mean, I'm playing second base in Marble one night and he's managing the team and he keeps telling me to back up and back up and I'm at second base and I, you know, I don't think my arm is that strong and I'm like, I got to keep both feet in the deep dirt. Mm-hmm. He's telling me, no, I'll take two, three, four, five steps back, cut off more holes and I'm like, man, that's a long throw but I mean, these guys know <laughs> the game and you know, this is just the way it is but uh, <laughs> uh, it's fun. I mean, yeah, those are good memories, like absolutely. Oh, they yeah. are good memories. How are you doing? 
I'm hanging in there. You know, I, mean, I might even come out of retirement and play another summer. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'll let you go, though. But, Michael, thank you so much. Always fun to cover a few different topics with you. Okay, Maxie. Always great to talk with you. All yep. the best. We'll do it again soon. Mike Gensel. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.